0: Smith, welcome back. Such a great day. It is. um, Did you spill toothpaste on your sweater? No,
1: I pulled this one out. You know when you pull, living in Southern California, uh, you pull the sweaters out, you know, around now. And I have no idea. This one, I must have painted in it when it was last cold, February or March or whenever. Must have did some, done some painting and then threw it back in the drawer. Okay. And then just pulled it out and saw, oh, it's painty.
0: Knowing you, I thought it was a uh, like designer sweater that you paid five times the price for because it had that smudge on I, it.
1: I'm gonna call it that. Okay, that's cool. what it is. I'm gonna resell it. Perfect. This this sweater actually came or sweatshirt actually came from Asbury Park, New Jersey. Did a it really? Fine surfing town. Yeah.
0: While you were out there, you got you didn't plan pack warm enough clothes.
1: I just I think we did a lot of it was for the uh, wetsuit fairy tale whatever the beach Grits wetsuit <clears throat> wetsuit review and um yeah we were shooting in a shop that had this sweater and our sweatshirt i felt it and i thought it's a fine sweatshirt so purchased it
0: resale value just went up exactly because it has a story asbury park um tommy inken
1: yeah tommy inken what's he up to i don't know i think he's still surfing he last time i saw tommy inken i feel not that long ago
0: like on the internet
1: no like it would have been a it was somewhere oh maybe it I don't know. I think he's Hopefully he's doing good.
0: How Listeners maybe? will chime in. Yeah, good. Um, you can sit back and put your mic on the chair okay. if you want to. You don't have to, but you Oop. can. I can adjust. This.
1: There we go.
0: Okay, perfect. Uh, All right, so we have a special caller. Uh, Matt Warshaw is going to be calling in in 15 minutes. So excited to hear from Matt. And uh, obviously he's in the middle of a fundraiser drive.
1: I was uh, driving up from Law Cardiff-by-the-Sea. I almost caught La Jolla for some reason, mm. uh, listening to the local NPR stations, fun, fun drive fundraiser. How much do those things like bum you out?
0: I'd rather they did commercials throughout the entire year <laughs> yeah. than block out a week or two and just hit it way too hard.
1: It is so uh, like, and the the strain, none of them are good at it. Right. Like nobody, they should hire natural, like a Jerry Lee or, Jerry Lee Lewis. Man, I'm all over the place today. <laughs> they should, they should hire Jerry Lewis, a Jerry Lewis like character to come in for the fun drive, right? Yeah. Like a comedian or someone who can kind of keep it flowing, keep it interesting. Like listening to their tortured pleas for money,
0: give to your
1: give for your friends give for like yeah. it just in the well the longer it goes the worse. they just run out of things to say and it's, it's just like
0: awful wsl commentary yeah how do you fill eight hours a day of, of air when there's literally four minutes of surfing that's so true yeah uh well that's a perfect segue to our new business model fantastic <laughs> switching over to a freemium business model
1: i like it tell me tell me about it david scales well
0: okay uh, I think we've proven that the ad model has its limitations. Sure. And like, as we've been developing the podcast, the surf industry has kind of been seizing up and less ad money to spend. And also it compromises, it can compromise the integrity or quality of the work where you then start kind of bending towards uh, advertisers, kind of advertorial content so I've considered the freemium model for a while. I just haven't really taken the time to really invest in it and build it out. So the model is podcasts will still be free for listeners. We've currently for the last, I don't know, year or two, been putting uh, pre-roll advertisements at the beginning of the show. And then in the middle of the show, we cut to commercial and there, there will be up to four that run. So you can still keep listening to the show for free with that experience If you want an ad free listening experience, we're gonna eliminate those commercials and make those available for anybody who wants to give us five bucks a month.
1: That's what I'm talking about.
0: And we're gonna put uh, only the 20 current episodes are gonna be available for free. If you want anything from the archive, you can get access for that same five bucks a month. So five bucks, magazines existed for a long time with subscription revenue and ad revenue. It's kind of similar to that. So subscribe for five bucks, you'll invest in the show. It gives us a foundation to build out the business, to pay people, To uh, we need editors, video production editors, we wanna have contributors coming on, stuff like that. So that revenue allows us to do those things. And I mean, just the hard costs of running the show And then you also get an ad-free experience as the listener. And in addition to incentivize people or just to say thank you, we're going to give stuff away.
1: Tote bags.
0: (laughs) The grit tote bag. Subscribe
1: Uh, for the person in your life who can't subscribe. Subscribe for your neighbor. Subscribe Subscribe for your grandma.
0: For your neighbor who doesn't have a bag to carry your groceries in. Uh, no, surfboards. Yeah. Ooh. Got an album soft top we are giving away on December first.
1: I'm gonna subscribe to throw my name and the raffle for that album soft top, you know to what, be honest. You know what the value of that thing is? That thing is probably eight hundred bucks, I'm gonna say.
0: Four twenty five.
1: Ooh, they should have made it four twenty.
0: They totally should have made it four twenty.
1: <laughs> Come on.
0: So uh for you know, five bucks a month, you get a entry into the four hundred and twenty-five dollar raffle. Um We'll just pick a name at random. Is on there the, going to be monthly boards. raffles? Not monthly, probably every other month. We'll give away other product, but surfboards, I think every other month. What about JS surfboards
1: from Oceanside?
0: We will be talking about that. <laughs> uh, we, I'll tell you what, after we discuss that situation, you and I can make a decision whether or not we would like to
1: Include JS.
0: Include JS in the giveaway, promote Excited. his product, and then give a one-way. Excited. Here's what I was thinking, though, in terms of the surfboard giveaways. I need your feedback on it people want surfboard reviews. Yes. What if we get the surfboard, write it, do the review, and then give away the used surfboard?
1: And, or what if the person who wins the surfboard has to do the review, has to come on the show? I think we would get, because you and I, I like that. surf how we surf, right? We're going to have whatever opinions we have, Yeah. but with a wide variety of people winning these surfboards and then providing their feedback on the surfboard, I think all of a sudden now you could start building a, well, look at I'm kind of, you know, I'm five, three five, fifty, 350 like the guy who won last Smart. time, you know, or I'm like eventually, and you could have them all cataloged. Uh, cataloged right. And yeah. so you can always go in Here is a six foot one, you know, 200 pound man who's been surfing for seven years. Right. This is his take on this board. So everybody then could kind of bounce off. Okay. You I know, I like
0: it. I like it better. Good idea. Isn't it? It's a great idea. And my concept with surfboard reviews was to do the everyman review. Sure. Like you this watch, would be the everyman review. Yeah. Though. You watch Noel Salas or some of these other people, they surf really, really well and they're mainly riding shortboards. Yep. And we don't need another one of those. We no. need you and I, who are intermediate surfers Writing mid lengths and fish and kind of everything, not just high performance shortboards. And then I would argue the listener who wins the board is probably falls in that intermediate category more say. often than not.
1: Too. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say we'll get a okay I like the, it. List, the listener to the show I feel is a nice uh, mm-hmm. slice of
0: cross section kind of of, of the surfing life. I of agree. the
1: The person who's okay. committed to listening to a surf podcast and us talking about surfing, let's just be honest. I, f- I feel very few professionals listen to the podcast and or any podcast.
0: Professional surfers,
1: yeah. I mean, like CJ
0: listens. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a couple Gerlach listens.
1: Sure, but like I'm saying, like CT, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Sticking, like current, yeah, yes, like totally. Gabriel Medina is not ooh. The, the, the latest grit just dropped. Let me no. let me get in and listen. Yeah,
0: definitely not.
1: So I feel that the cross section we will get though. Yeah, will be. It'll be a value okay. to and the surf world.
0: Are you okay though with us giving away the board that we've already written and used? Yes. I am too. Yeah. I like that idea better because um, I, I think it just solves a couple of problems. It, it covers a couple of bases. And who? I don't need a bunch more. Like the reality is I don't have room for six new surfboards a year. So if we're doing reviews every other month, I know that's first world problems and people want to punch me for hearing that, but realistically I'd feel good giving it away i hear you okay um feedback so anyways subscription model go to surfsplenderpodcast.com. you can support the show for five bucks a month get full access to the archives add free listening experience automatic entry to win stuff moving forward worth it and honestly like here's the deal we have so many ideas that we have not excavated you and i come up with concepts video concepts other styles of shows. We want to do commentary for surf events like we did for France last year. Totally. We can't do those things. We had to have a kid, Taylor, shout out to Taylor, come donate his time, set up our entire live streaming thing, spent his entire Saturday and did that for free yep. for us. Yep. That cannot exist in the future, but we want to be able to do all of that stuff. I would love to get Maurice Cole Skyped in to to commentate during events too. Gerlach, get all these people involved.
1: We could be... Bigger and better, way bigger, than way the better. Entire WSL, totally. Help let's, us get there.
0: Subscribe for your
1: grandpa. You'll feel good about it.
0: Uh, feedback from, or first of all, last week I yeah. was out of town Thursday. You were not available Friday, so we had to leave the people hanging. We did. People were concerned that we had broken up or gotten into a fight.
1: It's okay. We we have never gotten into a fight. Not once. Yeah. Not even. It's not, coming. Not even close though. Like, I mean.
0: I kept my expectations low with you. Yeah. So you couldn't good. offend me. It's good. <laughs> uh, so follow up from last week is there's nothing to report. Uh, follow up in terms of best surf brand logos. Stussy. Ah,
1: yeah. oh, Stussy was a good one. I can't believe we forgot. I forgot Stussy.
0: When you think of Stussy, do you think of that kind of handwritten word out? Or I think, do you think of the of graffiti yes. Stussy. Yeah. yeah, me too. But there was also me and every other kid in middle school, Drawing the S yep. where you draw like the, the that, eight that, lines. That. Yeah, exactly. Make like kind Diagon. of the
1: Superman. Yeah. The uh, fun fact Supreme, which just sold for not just last week, or I think we already talked about it for $2.1 billion to VF, the parent company of Vans. Uh, I can't remember his name. The founder genius behind Supreme worked for Stussy, worked under Sean for years. I didn't know. A couple years. Yeah.
0: Good for them. Yep. What a success story, dude. I mean,
1: massive success story. Crazy. Mm-hmm.
0: How do you feel about VF acquiring it?
1: That's fine. I mean, I think the the what made Supreme worth $2.1 billion is not what can sustain it at that. I mean, it was their like super exclusive drops. It was that kind of cult-like following, which has probably jumped the shark at this point anyway. And so now what VF will do is clearly will blow it out and so it'll be you know widely available. And so they'll probably there's probably a window to to really cash in on people who want Supreme. Uh, but could never kind of get it. And then I think that will dry up unless they have pretty innovative design.
0: I like agree. The, I like the
1: Supreme brick and totally. stuff selling for, I mean, you could still buy uh, the Supreme brick online for uh, for the listeners who don't know. Supreme, the, their whole business model mostly was to entice people with a drop. Super, super limited. they would only be available at store. So people would line up forever. There'd be like 10 of them. They would sell it for, I feel, normal price. They wouldn't jack the price up at Supreme, but then the stuff would hit the aftermarket. And so I think they sold a brick. And I want to say the brick was worth brick price, right? It was like $8. (laughs) And it was stamped Supreme. And the brick... Now it's just a brick that says Supreme. Uh, I think go you can find one for like 130 bucks on the aftermarket, but it's a brick. Yeah. I, I think they, they did a collab with Rolex, and I think that one is literally price, priceless. Like the Rolex Submariner, I couldn't find an accurate price. You can find knockoffs for like thousands of dollars. I couldn't even find one legit Supreme some some Submariner.
0: Mm. Yeah. Um. What did they sell it for? Do you know, I can't remember. The I mean, Rolex. it would have
1: been a probably a Rolex price for twenty but grand or something. Rolex is
0: Rolex is very drastically in price.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they do. I think it was like the a,
0: limited edition ones can go for yeah. It was million a sub- Yeah,
1: I don't know. I don't exactly know. I shouldn't. Yeah. I should have. But anyway, yeah. That's interesting. I feel so, that VF will. Yeah, will will not kill it purposefully, but no, the fact don't. that it's VF has to make money off it, and so the thing will.
0: But you already you stated it. It's already jumped the shark. Like that limp, that um, scarcity model that they were creating, you cannot do for very long. They maximized that. And I mean, honestly, that founder of the company exited at the perfect time. He's he's
1: staying on though. I mean, but, yeah, but he I mean, totally in cashed terms, in. In terms yes. of cashing, Precisely, like precisely.
0: He could not have, shouldn't have done it a day earlier, shouldn't have done it a day later because the, the kind of scarcity thing will lose value ultimately starting tomorrow, whether or not VF bought it. But VF's the right company to actually make the next step for them. Sure. As opposed to uh, who, who acquired um, Hurley and now they're selling beard softener and stuff yeah. like that. Like, this is the right company to actually grow it uh, smartly. So it retains a lot of the street cred that it had. It'll never have what it had before, but it retains that same kind of totally. Feel. That's Kids will you, still think it's cool. That's what you'd hope that it, days. that
1: it still has the DNA that made yeah. it so like, and, so desirable. Were, were you ever, it's funny. The first time I heard a Supreme, I did not understand at all. I was like classic old man yeah. or mid thirties man, I guess when I first heard of it, like I was like, what the hell is this? Like why I, I have a friend in New York and he would like, he lived a, a round the street from the Lafayette store there. And so he would get everything. He would just like that. He was obsessive about getting everything Supreme. And I was like, why why are you obsessive about this little kid's brand? Like I honestly did not understand until a few years ago, what Supreme was and what it meant.
0: Genius marketing is all that it really was. Fantastic. And And, you
1: know, great logo and
0: right. But lots of great logos don't implement that level of marketing, a savvy. And um, I've always, because I came from the wine business, like I've always thought surfing needs to take cues from the wine business. And so what a lot of wineries, especially in California, would do is uh, it's a finite commodity. They have a small plot of land, and it's a finite number of cases of wine that they can sell. And so they just let this mailing list grow way beyond they can supply, and then they create a wait list. And cut people off. And there's sometimes a 10-year wait list to get on the mailing list just to buy the wine.
1: Which which is the California winery that has the most cachet? Screaming Eagle. Screaming Eagle is the supreme of California wineries?
0: There would be two, Screaming Eagle and another one called Senequanon, which is Latin for indispensable thing. But Screaming Eagle is the best example. And so it's like you said, where they don't actually jack up the price that high. It's actually $750 a bottle. I'm on the mailing list. And they allocate you three bottles a year. I've never opened one of the bottles myself. I immediately, when the wine comes in, I would never, by the way, pay $7.50. You you resell it? Resell it. I sell it, send it to auction. It lands and I send it out the same day to auction and I triple my money every single time.
1: On on a bottle of wine, you're, you're tripling, well, why don't you do this at scale? Why do we why, we why are we podcasting? You can't. Well, why can't you be on all the mailing lists and then sending them all
0: to auction? None of them have that resale value. Well, oh, there, there was a time in the mid 2000s where there were a bunch that were kind of following that model and very quickly you were able to find the wines on the gray market for less than they were selling at uh direct. How many
1: uh how many bottles does Screaming Eagle, Eagle produce a year? Do they you? don't say. Okay. They don't say. But but, but they but they but they like Supreme, they keep Scarcity, yes, scarce.
0: So they could start again. They own this plot of land. They could sell. They could start buying fruit from a bunch of their neighbors and whoever else, and increase production. Ultimately, it's harder to manage quality at that point. I mean, then
1: you're then you just sold a VF at that point. Exactly. You're using your the they, name that you built
0: totally. But again, they could because the gray market pays uh, twenty five hundred dollars a bottle. They could increase their price to fifteen. And we would still pay it on the mailing list or there'd be a there'd be a tipping point where we would stop paying it on the mailing list but uh at 750 again i would never buy and drink a 750 and fifty dollar bottle of have wine. you ever
1: have you ever been tempted When like have you ever just gotten paid for something else been a little more flush than usual got your 750 fifty dollar bottle of wine and thought oh, i'm gonna celebrate no. old david lee gonna kick back
0: and thankfully i hang out with other people who collect better wine than i do and so, so I've had two bottles of Screaming Eagle in my life. Like I've had a 98 vintage that somebody uh, gave me half a bottle of. And then a 2003 that I drank with friends.
1: Was it delicious?
0: Yeah, but it's not better. I mean, it's not, you know, if you're paying a hundred bucks for Napa Valley Cabernet, you're drinking world-class wine at that point. So the difference between a hundred bucks and 750 isn't seven and a half times quality. Okay. It's, it's as good as maybe a little bit better, but marginally, you know? Okay. So it, it is all supply and demand and market forces that mandate and dictate pricing in wine specifically. Supreme. And supreme. And it's yeah. it's kind of an art piece. And sure. you could argue that with the brick. That's, yeah, yeah, of course. That's a piece of art. And the same uh, winemaker will certainly argue this is- A piece of art. From the land. Yeah. You know, gifted from the land that we're just kind of expressing. So- um yeah,
1: there's nobody I mean, I feel for surf specific stuff like Rourke. Hold on. Matt Warshaw. Oh, oh, on. oh good. We don't have to talk about Rourke.
0: Matt Warshaw, are you with us?
2: I think so. I think so. I'm recording. Yes. And uh how do I look on screen?
0: Uh this is the best looking I've ever seen you. <laughs> you do look amazing.
2: All right. Uh one in three chance that I've got the tech all set up here, but we'll 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 press forward
0: volume up or down
1: up? I can't hear. Can Uh, you
2: hear? Can you hear me
0: now? We can. Yeah. It's a little bit tinny, but I'll just use your recording and cut it together. So it's.
2: Yeah. 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 We're good. So, uh, who, who, who's where, where are you, David? And where are you, Charlie?
0: Chaz and I are in the same location at album surfboards in San Clemente, but don't you worry Matt Warshaw. We are a good eight feet apart from each other.
2: Um, I was thinking about the last time I was paying attention to, uh, this podcast, it, and I don't mean to sound insulting. It was a few months ago when uh, you guys sang "Happy Birthday" to me at the beginning, and I was in a I was in a period where I was really angry at Charlie, uh, because of um I think too many shark stories and uh and an added insult to my friend Lewis Samuels, and I was trying so hard to hold on to my anger, and you guys sang sang me "Happy Birthday" for my sixtieth, and I just melted. And I, I, uh, I, I think I texted Charlie and told him all was forgiven and that we were still great friends. And, and uh, it, was a, it was an emotional birthday for me.
0: <laughs> that is a sweet story. And it's funny, I was actually given that Thanksgiving is coming up next week. I wanted to open by asking Matt what you're grateful for. But you may have just, uh, you may have just trumped my question with a sentimental story yourself
2: um yeah i, I don't know I, that my wife's family has this habit of uh at thanksgiving and you guys i'm sure of have experienced this where like jody's mom will stop all conversation just as it's just going great everyone's in their own thing and she'll say okay okay we all want to go around the table and say what we're thankful for and you know i i just freeze at those kinds of things so um uh I don't know you know i i throw out some kind of cliche thing about thanks it's not cliche it's true you know thanks for my family and whatever but really all i'm trying to do is think of something clever and so if you asked me what i'm thankful for i'd be doing the same thing and i i would just freeze so yeah next question
0: <laughs> well i feel like you live your life in gratitude anyways like you you wake up and you're grateful for your wife and your kid and the basic stuff that you don't actually have to go out of your very you don't have to go out of your way very far to Think you're,
1: think you're grateful for the $21,000 yeah, you made last year. Yeah. And the $21,000 <laughs> you are going to make this year.
2: Is that what it was? 21000 last year? I think Derek, Derek put it up on, on Beach Grit. I don't know if Derek. Oh, no. That was my 25000 uh annual salary. Yeah. That's that, was my, it. Uh, <laughs> that was it. But that's, that's not counting all the perks. Right. <laughs> well, Matt. I mean, uh, all the. Go ahead.
0: Let's go ahead and get into it. You're uh fundraising yeah. for the Encyclopedia of Surfing. I would like to think that a lot of our listeners already contribute 3 bucks a month, but we're here to encourage them to drop a little Christmas gift in the coffers and uh and support the work and the work that's to come in 2021. It's giving season. It is.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the the, the fundraisers, I think I think we're 5 days in and it's down. It's down this year from last year and it's down way down from 2017 when when EOS was on the line but on the other hand it's 2020 I don't know you know it's it's down it's not like it's not uh, a bust but it's way it's below what I thought but I think I was way uh uh over optimistic about how it was going to go and I was thinking about this this morning like right before COVID hit Jody and I went out and we were going to buy a new car we were we were going to buy a Tesla three, which we can maybe talk about later, or maybe not. But uh, and then all of a sudden we go into lockdown, and the first thing we said was we're not buying a car. Like everyone's, I think they're putting their money into you know, I don't know, bottled water and bullets maybe or something. So the money's coming in, but I've had all kinds of people like, here's twenty five bucks. I wish it could be as much as last year, but you know I lost my job in June, sort of thing. So um, I'm going to keep I'm going to keep uh, shaking these trees for four five more days and uh, call it a win, no matter how it goes.
0: Well, prepare for a windfall after we publish today's episode. A deluge. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hey, Matt, I got a couple of questions. We want to know how this money will be allocated in 2021. And part of that question is like your model in terms of documenting surf history has to change because for the, in the past, it was easy just to kind of rely on surf magazines as your cache of content and maybe a dozen or two photographers from any given period. Now it's like, everything is so diffused across the internet. Some's on YouTube, some's on Instagram. Um, are you exhausted trying to track it all? Do you care? Will you even watch any vlogs at this point? Will Ben Gravy ever get entered into the EOS? Does Ben Gravy get it? Get it. I just found out it was Graf. Yeah. Weird.
2: Yeah, what's his what's his real last name again? I just learned this yesterday. It's not Gravy. And I guess I shouldn't have known. I should have figured out it wasn't actually Gravy, but you know if you're my age, the only Gravy was wavy Gravy, who was a guy who was like at Woodstock. That does that ring a bell for you guys at all? No way, right? Yeah, wavy Gravy. It, it does? does. Of course. Yeah. I watched
1: Woodstock Docos. David Lee, you haven't? What oh, a, no.
2: What a what a trip if Ben Gravy would have been like wavy Gravy's uh grandson or something. I mean,
1: he he could be, by luck.
2: Yeah. 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 I uh David so i don't know years ago i got right i got really right with the fact that the my project will never be finished which is actually kind of liberating because um i can't do it and i can't make myself nuts at all of the stuff that's not on there um and then meanwhile you know i'm living this sort of small is beautiful thing here with this website it's just me and two part-timers and what can you expect you know you can't expect me to us to get all that stuff on there so uh it'll always be incomplete it'll always be a work in progress but that said to your question i've been walking it around for about a year with this second project in mind which is for lack of a better uh title it would be like eos archive and it would be a 2nd nonprofit that i would be a board member of it would be uh have a physical location somewhere in southern california and you guys will love this. I want I want Kevin Miller to run it, and I want it to have a ten million dollar endowment. And it, all it is is six people scanning and digitizing and databasing and putting into a searchable form everything surf magazines, movies, videos, uh, books, all of that. So like kind of like what Google did for books, you know. Yeah. And it's kind of a fantasy, but I also feel like, and it's incredibly boring to think about. Like it's not a very sexy. Uh, project eos is kind of fun in a way i mean at least i've got a thing called the sunday joint which is kind of fun but you know a a gigantic well-funded archive is way more important than than encyclopedia of surfing and if i didn't have to run it if something you know again don't you guys think that kevin would just kill that like if we could get him away from uh from florida and come out here with his family and run this thing i mean i that so I that that's my fantasy and, and David, that's the thing that you're talking about. And I would love I would love to sit on the board of a of a of a of a project whose whole purpose is to uh digitize and archive all of it. How many you guys could we get is it easier to get one of your listeners to put up ten million, do you think, or should we try to get ten to put up a million each? I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I
1: think I think Ben Gravy can put up Probably a couple between Ben Gravy and Jamie O'Brien. You should just trade them entries in the Encyclopedia of Surfing for five million
2: each. Hey, Charlie, remember when I was trying to uh, fund EOS uh, by having uh, viewers buy pages?
1: It was my favorite time, the high watermark of my surf journalist career.
2: This would have been six or seven years ago, right when EOS went up. And my wife had this great idea that I would, we would. EOS would sort of sell naming rights to individual pages on the site. So if you were, a um, and, and each page had a different like price value. So if you wanted to uh, be the person who sponsored uh, Dewey Weber's page, I think that was 500 bucks or something. And Charlie zoomed right in on uh, one that I think was a bargain. I think it was only 100 bucks. It was cheap. Uh, but, But Charlie, you owned Drugs and Surfing. I
1: owned a drugs and surfing. Imagine that, David. You Lee. Literally. What happened yeah, you to that own drugs?
0: Do you still own it?
1: I, I think Matt rolled it over for the next year. And then I think that uh, concept went away. Just but dissipated. For, but for two years, I owned, literally
0: owned I do remember drugs it. and surfing. I do remember it. Yeah.
2: It was, I, I really thought, I really thought that was going to be, I thought I'd, I had absolutely solved like the new, I'd figured out the new business model. I was so sure that was going to go. And I think I sold a hundred pages and then everything just it just dropped off and I didn't I didn't get any more. So I had to, you know, I had to I had to scramble. We yeah, we I I think I did it for two years, then we just dropped it all. But somewhere, if someone's got an internet like archive thing, if you went back to EOS uh two thousand fourteen, uh and look up drugs and surfing, you'll find uh Ches- That'll be me owned it. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. I've got a question for you, Matt. Yep. I don't know that we've ever seen a resetting of the industry, of the surf industry, like we've seen partially due to just um, brands going out of business, but then certainly expedited by COVID this year. And as a result, you have a lot of independent content creators. So you doing what you're doing, us doing what we're doing with the podcast stuff, Ben Gravy, Jamie O'Brien, they're really writing their own tickets and finding funding through whether it's merch sales or getting paid directly from YouTube, so right. does what do you think from your perspective have we ever had a resetting like this, and then is this a good thing and certainly does it feel empowering for you to kind of control your own destiny because i I personally feel like we're almost getting better content now than we did with the old model. What are your thoughts
2: I don't know I, I have to uh, I'm gonna kind of punt and say that I get so caught up in just whatever, not even EOS, but whatever little fragment of EOS I'm working on at any given moment. So like last week, I was making a video uh, for uh, Donald Takayama. And the week before that, I—you know if you would have asked me about Donald, I wouldn't have, I couldn't have really said much. And then, you know, but when I'm working on that video, that's all I think about for the three, three days I'm, I'm working on that. And... And then I finish and I go on to the next thing. It's like, it's, it's a funny thing. Like I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty terrible big picture person, you know, but, but what I will say is that, um, for me, uh, surf media, my enjoyment, the pleasure part of it for me, uh, had really come down to, and this is what I'm so bummed about with, with COVID this last year, although I'm looking forward to, uh. I'm not sure when it starts, but the, the the pleasure part of it was all down to watching uh, CT events and commenting on uh, on the BG thread. So on one hand, that's the corporate side of it, but it doesn't have to be. I mean, anybody you know putting a live feed up from a surf contest. The fact that WSL does that doesn't mean that I mean, that's not difficult. But the the fun part of it is is the free part. You know, just being able to go up there and and uh, listen to and, and contribute to that thread while it's happening, so that that, you know, that feels really new to me, and that feels really exciting, that it's a group experience. and and and, all, you know, and, and getting back to sort of what you were saying about, is it better now than before? I, I do think that Long Tom and uh, Steve Sheer, to name two people, you know, every day the, you know, the next day after the event, getting able, I really look forward to getting up and reading, what they had to say about it and seeing if their take lines up with my take, and I really miss that. I mean, that's that was great. But the, I'm not paying. No, I don't. I'm not paying too much attention. Otherwise, um, I I don't mind that the surf industry seems to sort of be crumbling down. I'm I'm happy to see uh, what Surf is doing. I'm happy to see BG doing what they're doing. I'm happy to be doing my thing on on this end, and uh, um, I miss Surfer. On sort of a sentimental level, but I wasn't. I wasn't reading every. Uh, I wasn't reading every word of it by the time it was. By the time it uh, it checked out.
0: Um, as it relates to your work, Scott Bass and I have been having this ongoing conversation about which four surfers would be and should be included in this Mount Rushmore of surfing scenario, and we had it whittled down to Duke, Severson, Greeno. And then Velzy is kind of like one that we're toying with. But somebody emailed to say that you, Matt Warshaw, should be considered to have your face chiseled into granite.
1: I'll second.
2: <laughs> I um uh, I can't even uh I can't even get my nomination to the uh Hermosa Beach Walk of Fame. So I don't know. I I think I, I think that would be a little bit of a uh of a of a of a reach around above where I did get nominated I am in my high school uh hall of fame uh inaugural class, although I will confess that um the fix was sort of in because my brother's wife was in part of the uh, the committee. I think it's I think I deserve to be on the Miracosta Mustang uh walk of fame. But, you know, the fact that there was a little family influence there um maybe maybe, uh, tainted it a little bit, but I got this, I have this metal, this brass card. It's about the size of a credit card in my wallet that I can flash at any MiraCosta event apart from CIF playoffs. And I can get, uh, I get in for free, me and a friend. So, you know, I mean, go Mustangs. I can, I can get in there for free. I haven't used it yet, but it's there, uh, waiting. And, um, I don't know. I I mean, it's a good perk. Yeah, phenomenal. Um,
0: So the funny thing is about that guy who emailed uh, recommending you, he misspelled your name Warsaw, Mm. like Poland, Mm -hmm. and then he also uh, recommended that Gidget should be considered.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I would definitely put Gidget on that on the on Mount Rushmore. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You know what? The the, here's here's why I did I didn't chip into the I I didn't jump into the uh, I saw the conversation you guys were having about that. And it just seems so uh, fraught with yeah, so is. many ways to get to go wrong, you know, but um, I, I would I, for some reason, I kind of could get more into the idea of doing like a, a Mount Rushmore for power surfers, because then you've got it's more defined. Like, I don't know what we're talking about when it's surfing, because, you know, I mean, John's a media guy and uh and Vels, a shaper. And like, how do you not put? or you know what we talk what are we talking about if we do or don't have dora on there and i don't know, I don't know. It got, it got, the
0: fact that it's it got got fraught, the fact that it's fraught makes it better for podcasting cuz then we can vamp on it for like days on it
2: <laughs> right uh, all right uh, but uh, but look just put put me down for gidget i am a i'm a thumbs up on gidget although it, if i did get up there i'd be also a thumbs up on spelling my name right
0: okay we will uh, we will add that to the submission list um eos.surf is where people go to make their donation. Matt, is there anything that you want to sign off with?
2: Yeah, I guess I would just say that that the site deserves people's support. I think for the uh, the work that I am doing in preserving surf. But every time I sort of begin saying that message, I hear myself saying, "Eat your vegetables," because it's you know it's not fun. So I do think that the donation and the subscription, you could look at it as a way to. Um, keep the Sunday joint going cuz the Sunday joint is more like um like more like uh like chips and guacamole. I mean, everyone loves chips and guacamole. So, you get the joint, you uh you get to help me uh and my gang digitize all this stuff and it's not much money. So, um uh yeah, please uh please consider donating or or uh, subscribing.
0: Awesome. Hey, I'll ask you one final question. How's that IPD wetsuit you got?
2: Oh, did I tell you that story?
0: No, you didn't tell me that story
2: about about my new wetsuit that I got uh, the my full suit
0: You didn't tell me, but I heard you got one
2: well they, is that a thing? I don't know i i i I saw the initials on there. I didn't know what it meant.
0: Oh, okay well then we'll hold we'll hold off on the conversation. Did you wear it
2: so let me I'll just tell the story real quick. I'll let you guys get on with it. So I got that suit it it it, it felt like it felt like silk. It was the best full suit I've ever had but I'm not surfing a whole lot. And I got it in summer when the surf's really bad up here. So I threw it in my closet. And like maybe eight or 10 or 12 weeks later, I finally decided I've got to go surf. And I threw Teddy in the car. I loaded up my wetsuit. I drove down to Westport. And uh, I put the wetsuit on. As, as I'm pulling it over my chest, the smell hits me. And I realized that my cat had peed on it, Right. right.
0: Oh my God! Brett, so
2: I, I think it's maybe the first time that anyone's ever had a wetsuit full of pee before it was even used. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and so so, and so the surf is horrible. It's just blown out Westport. But I've already got the suit on, and Teddy's kind of waiting for me to go surfing. Dad's going to go surfing, and it's like a three block run on a hot on a hot uh, early afternoon. And I saw, I you know I've got the suit on, and I run down there. And by the time I get there, I'm sweating, and that's, the stench is just overwhelming. So, you know, I'm in the water just wanting to get it over with. I just, I, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm ashamed that my brand new wetsuit has been peed on. I didn't even fucking hang it up when I should have. And, you know, I just caught three waves and went in and, and spent a half hour rinsing it out and put it on a hanger and, and, and kept it away from the cats. And so I apologized uh, to uh, to Mark Simpson, who sent me that suit. I'm going to make good use of it. And I don't think that the pee stench will, will stay in the suit. But uh, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a good, it wasn't a highlight of my, of my surf life. That sure. is
0: hilarious. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, All right. Mark, thanks for calling in. Thank you, Matt.
2: Really enjoyed it. And uh, you guys carry on and um, uh, I'll be in touch.
0: Tell your bank to prepare for a huge deluge of, of money coming in. Digital <laughs> An old, currency. Overwhelming typhoon.
2: All right, my fingers are, are, are limber, and I'll be saying thank you notes to everybody who sends in a, a donation. Perfect. Thanks, right, man. thanks, Matt. Bye. Bye, Bye you guys. Bye. Bye.
0: Always a pleasure.
2: Such a fine pleasure. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, where were we? We were talking about feedback. Talking about feedback. Stussy logo. Yep, Stussy. What about the Volcom logo? Uh,
1: stone belongs. Stone belongs in the top five. It's Dang pretty it. iconic. I mean, it's time to really do what the you guys are doing with the Mount Rushmore thing and really put this to the people, I think. Yeah. Once and for all. I mean put all the logos up there, right? That are I mean, we can whittle I think we That's should true. we should whittle down the top twenty because it can't be infinite. We top whittle down to 10. the top top ten. Yeah. And then people people rate in order. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um so another another bit of feedback. Do you remember drummer Dave? He sent us a story that I read on air about yeah, a brothel at one point. Yep which was amazing. And then a follow-up story about him getting cancer. Oh yeah. And, and, uh, so that was like a real heartfelt thing. Anyways, he just sent me another story about, um, that I'm not going to read, uh, about pulling a fire alarm, a fire alarm in Waikiki when he was drunk with buddies at some point. But he also sent an update that he got a CT and pet scans back in June. So a little bit dated now, but, uh, everything looks good in terms of cancer. Drummer Dave. Drummer Dave is on the road to recovery fantastic good said, news this is a good news thursday well so again i forgot to state at the beginning this is our gratitude episode coming into thanksgiving next week One thankful of, and i mean look beach you've often said beach grid is antidepressive. it's an
1: antidepressive place
0: so we want to offer a bunch of anti anti-depression. antidepression, feel good sentiment i think it's also in response to the passing of john schmuka yep this past week, which is a tragic scenario. I mean, uh, you don't know who's dealing with depression quietly, and from an out, and it's often people who are outwardly fun in the life of the party.
1: The outpouring of uh, both grief and yeah, just whatever for Shmoo's sh- passing uh, took me took me aback, to be honest. Me too.
0: I like, dude, I had the same thought.
1: I thought that like. People wouldn't have remembered Shmoo as much, but I mean, he was on like CNN and stuff. Yeah, I mean, he the yeah, but, but it was totally completely tragic.
0: People Magazine, I saw did yeah. a piece. Um, So, I agree that outpouring though that we experience kind of in the surf community always surprises me and moves me. Yeah, when you see the the kind of vast influence that he had and you know, personal relationships with just everybody completely
1: everywhere. over the, over decades. Did you know him at all? I've hung out with him a couple times, but yeah. never, never close. Yeah. Yeah. You,
0: uh, no, I hung out with him last year in Australia, yeah. uh, for a week and just off and on for a week, every day, a little bit and had, nothing but positive experience, like yeah. just really endeared to yeah, him seemed, based on that one. He seemed experience. like a completely great guy. So this, this kind of story is so tragic and sad. And he leaves behind um, a son who looks like he's about 20 years old yep. or so, which is so tragic. Lost
1: his The son lost his mother almost last year from this time,
0: right? Yeah. September of last year, yeah. Schmoo's wife died of cancer. Mm-hmm. So again, the idea of, let's kind of look at that and remember to be grateful every day for what we do have. And then also remember kind of to create antidepressive moments for those around us to reach out to them and offer them anything, any, any amount of help that we can, I think is important. Um, in that regard, I want to ask you about a conversation I overheard in the parking lot the other day. Hit me. So I was, Getting changed to go surf, and there were two guys getting out of the water walking through the parking lot, and I overheard their conversation and they were talking about a post that I had seen earlier in the day on Kook of the Day. Okay. The post was a guy on a left going backside, grabbing rail about 20 feet in front of a barrel. Yep, seen it. So, so the wave was barreling behind him and he's grabbing the rail, and then the wave kind of stops barreling. He's on the shoulder. Double fisted claim. Double fist claim hard, yep. right?
1: Like and head back in elation.
0: As if he got barreled at pipe. Sure. And got blown out. So I had seen that clip earlier in the day and I laughed at it. And as these two guys are talking, one guy is telling the other guy about the clip. And he's saying, you know, good for that surfer. That surfer got the wave of his life and he loved it. And shame on kook of the day for making fun of him. He went on to say, I was so glad that in the comments section, there was people who felt the way that I did, where they were saying, hey, you shouldn't be making fun of this guy for claiming this wave. He had a highlight moment. Good for him. That's the that's what we all seek in surfing is what that guy just experienced. Shame on you for shaming him. And I thought, at first I thought, wow, that guy's woke. And like, uh, I guess we're in a post-modern world now. Can't make fun anymore. Where you can't make fun anymore. But then I had a second thought, which was, no, dumbass, there's nothing better than actually getting a proper barrel, and us making fun of that guy is accept- means that we've accepted him into this brotherhood. He's now brethren, and we make fun to make you better. We hold you accountable. If my younger brother came home and said, I got a C at school, aren't you proud of me? I'd be like, no, Go back and try harder because we want you to actually get an A. You know what I mean? Sure. That's the way that I viewed that Instagram clip when I saw it. It wasn't making fun of the guy for the sake of like kicking him out of the water and never he's never allowed back. It's making fun of him so that next time he's actually deeper and actually getting barreled. What are your thoughts and where are we at in terms of? Being a pansy society. I mean, you know me.
1: Everything, everything is make funnable. Every single thing is make funnable, except for like two things. Uh, But kook of the day on, I think kook of the day has as his uh, whatever sub. Like we're all kooks, right? Like I mean, this is this. It's not like singling people out to make fun of people. It's it's kooky behavior that it's making fun of, and that's total kooky behavior. I mean, claiming a wave that you're not. I mean, he, he clearly was not barreled. Uh, he was maybe close and he definitely could have gotten barreled. That's the thing is if he would have, you know, went back and saw the clip later and stalled a bit, uh, next wave he gets like next wave of his life he gets, he could probably get barreled, right? I mean, it's not like his ability was so he made the wave. He'd surfed the wave. It was all fine and good. And that behavior needs to be laughed at heartily. And he needs to be laughing too. And if he can't laugh, he's like, hey guys, I was really trying my best there. I really felt good about it. And then you guys laughed at me and that made me feel bad. Then, okay. The surfing may not be the right
0: thing for you. What about this culture that we're living in where the guy walking through the parking lot is offended is woke. is a yeah, woken. And, and he's offended for what I would argue is a non Vic like that. The guy who got the clip posted of him, the surfer, I don't think he's a victim in this scenario. No. I think everything you said is true.
1: He's his behavior was he, was laughable. He, in, yeah. a, in in a
0: and it's okay to innocent get, way. And it's okay for other people to say, hey, that's laughable. Try harder and you you know. What about the guy who's offended for a non victim?
1: I mean, that's the pro that's what everyone is now though, right? I mean, that's anybody who writes comments and whatnot, none of the offense happened to them personally, or yeah. is even something that's Half the time is even that offensive. It's just getting, you know, I mean, I guess it's the definition of being tr- triggered. Yeah. And, then, but then really taking, I guess being triggered is one thing, but taking your triggering seriously and thinking that this actually matters to the rest of the world and that my triggered opinion on this thing is the correct one. I am somehow morally have the, you know, softness and ability to read the moral tea leaves where my feeling about this thing is the way it should be, which yeah. I feel that's everywhere now, right? That's, it is. That Well, is now it's It's Republicans feeling that the vote was stolen. It's Democrats right. feeling that Trump was, you know, a Russian pawn, whatever. it's all the, And people truly thinking my opinion on this thing is ironclad and correct, and then getting mad at anybody else who, you know, how dare somebody say something else. It's a narcissistic thing. It's odd. It's just odd to think that my yeah, feeling about odd. something is the ironclad real truth about that thing like not being able to separate my feeling yes i could look at that totally i looked at that uh he's posted that before 2 years ago i think that kook of the day clip and i watched it the first time or years ago and watched it this time too and think oh look at that sweet guy you know i don't i didn't feel like <laughs> Fuck you, kook. Right. Like I thought, that's a that's a real sweet guy. He literally thought he was barreled. He was like riding that way, feeling it all around him. Like <sighs> yeah. hearing the, you know, he in his mind, he was Andy Irons at Chopu. Yeah. He was doing it. Uh and then, you know, hands up, head back, all of it's funny. Totally worthy of laughing at. But whatever my feeling is, is not any kind of truth. That's just the way I feel based on my experience probably based on acting like a kook myself and you know all kinds of stuff but it's a yeah again to, to take my feeling as an ironclad truth
0: is an odd jump odd time that we're living in odd times uh his specific um quote the guy in the parking lot said thank god for once in that toxic community that the commenter stood up for what was right which and i was like the community isn't toxic at a, all. I don't feel like it's toxic. At no, all. and
1: B, the people stand up for stuff all the time. Yeah. Like he, like Cook of the Day, regularly or semi regularly will publish something that gets people's goat, and people will be, eh, Why are you doing this? Blah 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 blah. I mean, it's a, yeah, the the, the, the yeah, it was
0: bizarre, It's strange, bizarre to me, and it's a strange and that, also not progressive I mean, how, by the way. How old was the dude? Ari, like mid thirties. How did he look? Like us.
1: Like just a normal. Southern California, white guy. Yep. Uh, after post surf. Yep. Feeling real like indignant about that toxic you, community. The toxic community at today. because Good.
0: everybody's just chasing stoke and that's what that's what we want.
1: Oh my goodness! We haven't, know we haven't talked about the inertia in a while. No, we but haven't. I mean, but that garbage, that chasing stoke and let's be stoked and being making fun and this stuff is bad, etc., etc. Cetera, et cetera, toxic. Please.
0: I haven't talked about the inertia in a while because it hasn't popped up in my radar. I yeah, think it's so I mean, far removed from my experience. Completely. But
1: I feel that's I feel it tethered itself to the hey, we're all just being stoked. Yeah. Tug and got pulled out to sea. And there it is out of sea. I don't even know what the we're no, just we're either. being stoked community is doing right now.
0: So final thought on that guy is this isn't like his thought is it's woke and progressive to be like accepting of all things. And my comment to that is it's not progressive at all. Like it's only hindering that that guy's kind of ability as a surfer will only be hindered. If you play Kate and say, yeah, you got barreled there and fantastic job and pat him on the back. I hope
1: you loved your barrel. Oh, sick barrel. Like
0: that guy would do better to receive whether it's shame. I'm actually okay with shame. It's fine if it is shame. And then because of that, Takes off deeper, stalls, and then actually gets the vision. Sure. You know what I mean? Completely. Like that's what we should all be aspiring to. Yep. Holding each other accountable, reprimanding, you can do better. And elevating. You can do better. We can do better. We can all do better. It's Thankful Thursday. Um let's JS moves to Oceanside. Yeah, let's talk. So I like I'm gonna read from Derek Riley's article on Beechrit just because I like his writing. Derek Riley's a phenomenal writer. Australian Jason Stevenson, who is one of the world's greatest shapers and owners of the eponymous brand, began his pivot to the U.S. market five months ago when he s- sponsored Connor Coffin, a Channel Islands team rider for 16 years. Connor, whose over easy haircut rival- rivals Strider Wasselruski's for lesbian chic is the face of JS's push into the direct-to-consumer market in the U.S., a compelling sell to cutback aficionados across America. JS surfboards are manufactured in Australia and Thailand and imported into the U.S., a thorn in the paw of some Oceanside locals and surf business owners. Boom. So JS has been making bo- – or has uh, had his – Footprint, he's been grounded in Australia, started manufacturing some boards in Thailand at some point in his growth. Really got famous for
1: the Cooley Kid explosion. Joel, totally. Joel Parkinson wrote a JS. It was, synony- Julian Wilson. it was synonymous with sort of the Gold Coast, Queenslandy yep. explosion.
0: And came up, came up under DHD as well. And so has really taken a huge chunk of that high-performance shortboard thruster market. And him kind of outsourcing manufacturing uh, was part of his business decision along the way. But this story specifically relates to now entering the U.S. market. And Oceanside, which is in North County, San Diego, is a huge hub of surfboard manufacturing. I think the biggest probably in the United States.
1: I think more surfboards are made in Oceanside than anywhere else in the United States, including right here in San Clemente.
0: And so people actually graffitied the building as it was being um, built saying, get out of here. We don't want your Asian import boards, kooks or something like that. So what are your thoughts firstly on, well, what are your thoughts on all of it?
1: I mean, I love it. A uh, is my A number one thought, the entire thing. The fact that there is territorial beef between Australia and California. I feel we haven't had any kind of... Factionalism in surfing for a long time. We've all gotten we've all gotten soft to the point where how many wave storms clog every single lineup every single day, and we kind of sit glumly and look at it, or I do, and nobody does anything. There's like any any given swell, there is a solid ten to twenty wave storms crowding any given peak, right? Which should infuriate, but we've we've sort of given up. We've given up. We've we're not, you know, nobody's getting fins punched out. It's just, okay, so I guess. It sort of felt inevitable. This Oceanside kickback to something that they don't like I, feels to me invigorating. I love the passion. I love the, hey, you don't belong here, get out. Uh, particularly, I love it on that level. I also love it that the board builders and makers in Oceanside are ticked off about a board importer, right? Like his factory there. It's not a factory. It's a warehouse, right? That JS built right. in Oceanside. He's not employing local shapers, local glassers, local whatever. He bought a building to, or the company bought a building to store boards that are coming from overseas. Store and distribute. Store store and distribute. Exactly. Uh, they bought a building that was sort of iconic in Oceanside. Uh, it was a hot rod um, garage and it had a cool hot rod mural on there. Uh, they painted over that, just painted the whole thing black. I mean, the whole thing seems so fraught with missteps from JS. If you want to be accepted in a market, it seemed like you. they ticked every wrong box down the thing. Like, okay, don't employ locals, tick. Uh, buy something and paint over it, tick. I mean, just on down the line, right? Where So, yes, I'm Team Oceanside on this one. Punch them uh, in the mouth.
0: Well... Will it change? Will that um, reaction, the local reaction against it, change a thing for JS's business in the U.S.?
1: I hope so. I hope more. I guess more to the point, I hope it changes the business for those local shapers. I I hope that the uproar and news, and I'll love to throw more gas in this fire, and we'll continue to at Beach Crit because I would love to expose hey, Oceanside has phenomenal board builders, right? Like maybe you were a, you know, midi level, whatever, you, surfer who's not really keyed in to like local shapers and whatnot. And, you know, you like Joel Parkinson, you want to get a JS, but then you hear about this, you think, oh, what else is out there for me, right? And maybe you go still buy a JS. Like I have nothing against JS surfboards. I'm sure they're never surfed one, but I'm sure they're very fine surfboards. But if you live in a, if you live in North County, go buy a local board. I mean, that's the, the whole joy of being in a place like North County is to have this, I mean, so many communities don't have this just bounty of shapers, right? right. There are so many there and so many good ones. Go buy one of theirs. Like, let other people buy JSs. Let people in New York or people, not that New York doesn't have a vibrant board building community, but there's places in the world that a JS is a fine addition I don't think a JS is a fine addition to the North County slash Southern California in general surfer. LA, they, should, I mean, they should have stuck that damn thing in Venice, California, no problem.
0: Uh, what's wrong with, like for the actual surfer, when you're surfing on a wave, does the JS perform any differently because it was imported from Asia?
1: No. Okay. But I, will, I would argue that if you're really keyed into your waves where you're surfing that a local shapers board will surf better because that's the waves they surf all the time and that's what they're actually shaping for. Yeah. So JS did not shape his board for stinking Tamarack right. in Carlsbad, right? right? But there is a bunch of sides shapers who do shape boards more or less for that wave or those waves. So why in the world would you be leaving that on the table to get a JS when JS I'm sure is a, again, I'm sure it is a fine board. And Derek's I, an advocate. I'm sure Derek loves his jazz, but Derek's Australian. Like take that shit up to Venice. That's where Australians who come to America and want to be cool, go to Venice. See stab magazine who I think even moved to Oceanside. No, that's right.
0: Uh, (laughs) Or I didn't know that, but you mentioned that to me. Uh, So I think what's interesting, I agree with everything that you said and I get my boards from shapers. And if we're going to talk Oceanside specifically, Dane Hans at Vulcan is who I've gotten boards from. Um, Chris Borst is in that same little community, which I have not gotten boards from, but his name keeps coming up. He's making boards for Taylor Knox. So there's a bunch of good quality boards being made in that area. Actually album surfboards that we're sitting in right now makes their boards in Oceanside, even though we're in their uh, showroom building in San Clemente shapes and out of Oceanside and glasses too. Yeah. See, that's what I'm talking about. And so there's
1: plenty of options, but like anything though, like, stinking I mean, sorry, I cut you off. Finish no, it's okay. Off. I was just gonna say, like, if you get an Hermes handbag, right, that you're buying, why it's so expensive and why it's so beautiful is because it's made in a small, tiny factory, same factory forever in France by French artisans, right? Surfboards, I think, and I like to think of as Hermes bags. Like, why do you not that's want that's how I think of it an too. artisan making your board, and if you can have that artisan locally how much better is that? Like fuck jazz.
0: Well, okay. So I also understand that kind of as we're transitioning like we're, we've gotten enough early warning signs that the surfboard market has grown to a level that outsourcing becomes a logical solution to meet sales demand for a large company like that. And also to reduce manufacturing costs. So it makes sense to me. I understand why JS has made the business decisions that he's made or Hayden Shapes or whomever else just to meet the worldwide demand that they're meeting. So it it almost surprises me that local board builders react with vitriol because they're not really competing with that market. Everybody that you just named or that we just named, I feel like they're not necessarily competing with the market that JS is going after.
1: And I think, And I think they wouldn't, uh, necessarily even be aware of that if he didn't buy a dang warehouse in Oceanside. And well, rub it in their
0: face. It's a it's yeah.
1: a distribution center. That's all he's using it for. Right. Why not have a distribution center out in far away, like in Temecula or It'd something? Be cheaper. It'd be cheaper and probably more efficient. Trucks come in and out. But so again, though, this story I like because I hope it does highlight for people who are maybe living in North County, San Diego, or Southern California, and think unless you live in L.A., in L.A. go buy a stinking jazz. If you live in Orange County, or there's good
0: board builders in L.A. too. That's the other problem.
1: I mean, but L.A. waves suck. Let's be they honest.
0: They do. They do. I mean, well, there's Malibu. There are
1: great. I, if you if you live somewhere with a like a tr- honest to goodness local shaping population, and not just one local shaper. One local shaper may be good or bad. That's fine. Like go buy a jazz. If there's one shaper in your town and you're not into them, than stinking by a jazz but if you live in san clemente i I mean if you live in orange county or san diego county i have no idea what would possess you especially that price is price is similar so you get something bespoke something created for more or less for your waves and for you in like a highly refined artistic way or you can get a jazz right to me it's uh, for roughly the same price right i mean they both the sticker on them is totally is that's, similar. That's the deal. And detail. so you're thinking to get something amazingly handmade by local artisans or something that's pop out. Why in the world would you not for the same price? Why If J.S. was selling his boards for 300 bucks then I could say, okay, great. You know, if you have 300 bucks and you can't spend the, you know, what, what does a board retail for these days? You Seven know, to 800 bucks. Yeah, I'd say can't spend the 800 bucks then Stink and go buy a J.S. If they're both 700,
0: buy the Stink and handmade artisan thing all day, every day. I'm trying my best to play devil's advocate for J.S. But, I actually agree with you and um, I also would argue that your best surf experience is going to come off of refining your relate your boards with a shaper so there you're rarely going to get that magic board the first time out of the gate and you're probably also not going to get it right out off the rack but if you work with a shaper and you go back and you say here's what I liked about the board here's what I didn't like and board two three and four is where the magic starts to come and also part of The joy is the journey, the journey of doing that and working with a shaper, and we have the opportunity as surfers to do that. We have it
1: especially here. I think. I mean, I don't know how what percentage of our listeners are Southern Californians, but like Southern California, like it is. We take it for granted, but yeah. I mean, if you're going to the rack, phenomenal resource.
0: If you're going to the rack and buying what Julian rode and you saw him riding last year, and then buying what Connor's riding this next year. I don't know that you're going to maximize your potential as a surfer or that you're going to like get the most out of your surf experience. So that kind of refining of the process with a shaper is so much of the joy of what we do and writing bespoke kind of artisan made stuff is, it's not more expensive. It's so that's not a crazy
1: thing. It's literally, it's and we, not more we can use words like bespoke and artisan and sound like complete tools, but that's honestly what they are. I mean, so
0: I think you touched on it also though is I understand why the outsourcing is necessary I get when it. business grows, but I also understand so the diff what what our job kind of is or what the mark any brand's marketing job should be at this point is educating the consumer. So letting the consumer know, well, if you buy a locally made board, that means yeah, like I mean, firstly and foremostly We know what our EPA standards are. We know what our uh, waste disposal practices are in the US. We know what employee safety practices are. So we can say that in local factories, uh, employees are paid a fair wage. Waste is disposed of properly, like toxic, whatever, quote unquote, chemicals are not thrown into the dumpster. You know, things like that. So your money is going towards safe work environment and all that sort of stuff. I'm not saying that that doesn't exist where boards are made around the world. I'm just saying I can't speak to what the regulation. Sure, there's no are. eyes on. Yeah, I just don't know. you haven't, you haven't know, walked around right?
1: JS's Thai factory. And no, but we it out. do
0: know what Dane Hans factory has held. The standard been? that Dane Hans factory has held I think to. It been there. So educating the consumer about where their dollar goes, and and what those. You know, buying a board made elsewhere goes here and buying a board made here supports the local economy.
1: And again, the fact that there's no price difference really between is them no. is insane. No. It is it is an insane choice to choose a JS if you live around here than choosing one of many local boards.
0: What do you think Connor Coffin's philosophy is? I mean, do you think Connor understood these machinations?
1: I think Connor was riding for Channel Islands before and so was riding for a multinational In all essence, like a board company that sends boards around the world. And so probably for him, you know, between Rusty and JS and Channel Islands, like the real big dogs, of course, this is what they do. But I think, I don't think Channel Islands does it in the same way that JS does They don't
0: sell, they don't send boards around the world. They don't. They set up manufacturing in those countries.
1: Precisely, which is again, I think the beef, I think if JS would have done that, which is not his business model, but if he would have done that, if he would have hired local shapers and glassers to do his boards, then you know, I'm sure his margins—if he's selling at the same price—I'm sure his margins are huge, are pretty substantial. Yeah, I mean, or, or he's making a decent margin on a board. Correct, I'd imagine
0: the boards that are manufactured in Thailand specifically land here for very low cost. Like honestly, they land cheaper than the raw materials cost here to make the board here. Yeah aside from the labor and everything else built into it. But let's go back to Connor Coffin. Yeah. I, think, I don't know that Connor Coffin understood the machinations of everything that we're discussing now. And he is, you know, waving the American flag on world tour. How does this reflect on him think, and his decisions?
1: I mean, I just think that he didn't think it, he, he was thinking, cause I'm sure, uh, what's his name? Jason shapes his boards. So he's thinking, oh, I have a new shaper, right? My shaper yeah. is Jason Stevenson and I have a good relationship with him. And so that's, that's all he's thinking. He didn't think globally in this decision, I don't think. And I don't know that it necessarily reflects poorly on Connor because Connor, I think a- as a top level surfer uh, or a CT surfer, probably most people are savvy enough to realize that he's not buying his boards off the rack, right? Like he is, he feels that Jason Stevenson's shapes will be, Take him to the next level. Yeah, and so he's making a sort of critical uh, tech, whatever decision. Um, and if I think the proof will be in the pudding for him, if he does better on a JS than he did on his Merix, then he would have made the right decision. If he does worse, then he will not have. But in terms of the marketing of it, it's not a good look. But I don't. I think that the surfan is. I think this the person who's paying attention to connor connor coffin knows enough about the way these things work i think to to think that he's not connor coffin is not supporting tie popouts. T- connor coffin feels that
0: js shapes him a better board i wonder about like yeah i wonder if the market reacts or even understands all of those little details enough to influence them positively or negatively. Because in one sense, you talk to board builders and they look down their nose at Hayden Shapes for business decisions that Hayden made, right? Yeah. At the same time, Craig Anderson validates those shapes and Creed McTaggart for, I don't know if he's still writing those boards or not. And so uh, they're validating those shapes enough to where the end consumer isn't really affected by other board builders' feet, negative feelings about Hayden. They still just want to surf like Craig. Anderson, sure, that's it. I mean, know? which which is they still the, buy the boards.
1: Which I would imagine in this boom, this val boom right now, uh, you know, they just go buy what they saw under their right under the somebody they like surfing's feet. But again, if this JS Imbroglio in Oceanside can do one thing. I would love to be able to educate that guy to say, Oh wait, yeah. I have other options like that would likely almost 99.9% of the time, I would say be a better option for me than buying a monster
0: box off the rack. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it's you JS. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, Go home. I mean, the biggest, the biggest news that we completely have not discussed is that the WSL officially greenlit the 2021 season starting at pipeline uh ending at trestles in a single surf off event for their five surfers who have qualified for uh the world title throughout the previous 10 events of the season also S- sunset has been added to the tour and steamer Steam lane, lane has been added what are your thoughts on all of this news?
1: I think long Tom hit it best at Beach Grit. And I think there even needs, I don't know what else can be said besides what he said, which is they, again, being endlessly critical, endlessly depressive about the WSL. Love that it's coming back. Can't wait. Can't yeah, wait to too. live chat. Can't wait to bet. We have the Survival League on right. Beach Grit now, which we can discuss that uh, in a later show. But everybody should go check out the Survival League. Surf League. It'll be very, very, very fun. A funner way to do fantasy. Um, anyhow, uh, they they fixed something that wasn't broken. I mean, I get that the Elo Gabe final was great, but the problem is, which Long Tom pointed out, you can have somebody surf phenomenally the entire tour, have a shocker at Trestles. You could have somebody win, literally win every single event on tour except the last one and lose the title, which is just if that happens people are going to be like, what the hell is this? Also, you could have somebody like Philippe. Let's just call a Philippe a Philippe here. Uh, shoulder hopping at the scary stuff and getting enough to get into trestles and then win the tour and having somebody shoulder hopping pipe and chopu and then winning the tour doesn't make for a strong champion.
0: No. And I don't, I don't think that part is actually true. I would be shocked if, if, Felipe could garner enough points throughout the season to get entry into the final event by shoulder hopping at pipe. And he's what was he last sunset?
1: He was, he was third last year. Wasn't he? No. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was in the, he was definitely in the top five. Well, and he shoulder hopped everything. I mean, he did not go on a, on a wave of consequence.
0: Well, now we have, um, sunset and G land. So that might add more value on those waves of consequence. You know, there's more waves of consequence essentially. So last year he could shoulder hop at Pipe and Chopu. Those are only two events. Yep. And it garner enough points through the other events. With this, first of all, starting at Pipe, I think will change the math a bit because
1: you'll come out, if out of game either hot or not.
0: Yeah, if he comes out of Pipe, or if he shoulder hops a Pipe, he'll come out ranked 30 in the world. And that won't bode well for the rest of his career and his seeding throughout the next few events. Um, I, I agree with the other part, though, of you could have a shocker. The best surfer in the world going into trestles could have a shocker. And the way I understand the trestles event is if you're positioned uh, first, you will have to surf fewer heats at trestles. So the lowest... Number four and number five have to surf against each other. Whoever wins that surfs against number three, which
1: is all which is all fine and good. Except for a wave like Trestles, being tired doesn't really factor in. Like it's not like it's a long paddle where
0: you're fighting current and all that. Like it's a well to long Tom's point though. You could have one heat shocker. I mean, it happens to people. It happens to the best of them throughout the year. So, but also
1: the number one just by not surfing. I mean, whoever's first ranked by not surfing as much at a a wave like trestles could be a real, but I mean, people exactly. surf tra- trestles for eight hours. Like yeah. regular guys go out there and will surf for eight hours. Right. Like it's not a wave that tires you out.
0: So if Felipe, let's say as an example, goes, wins pipe, wins chopu, wins G land, goes in first position into trestles and then has that one heat shocker. And whoever was in fifth surfs through, through the virtue of surfing, Five heats develops rhythm, develops prow, all that sort of stuff. Maybe they have an off heat in the middle, but they still win that one because somebody else had a shocker. Come up against Idolo, Idolo has a shocker, they can win the world title. I mean,
1: that's what I just think I think that there's way more problems in this than there is solutions for what they were looking for. They were looking for one versus two. But to be actually one versus two, it has to be legit one versus legit two, right? Idolo and Gabe, why that was so exciting, is because both of them, over the course of the tour, had earned that position. There was no fluke about that, right? Both had surfed pretty lights out all year. That's what made that so exciting. It's not, people don't want to just see the quote number one against number two surfer. They want to see the legit number one versus the legit number two, which I don't know. There's got to be a way for them to be able to juggle. I mean, that's what I think. Why, I don't understand why they did that, to be honest. And it's silly and it's, I I don't like it at all to be like
0: the the change. I, I like it we'll have to see how the math all shakes out. Obviously things become clear with hindsight, but I think that they're trying to uh, work the math in such a way that it ends up pitting the legit one and two against each other, whether or not this is the solution. We just have to kind of wait and see the math. I mean, like I'm not, I'm not convinced That it's a worse scenario. It's a,
1: it's definitely worse than just a tour because the tour
0: is just some, some
1: tours are better than others, but it's legit. There's no, like you can't look at the, the results over an entire tour and think this guy got ripped off. You can look at this one for sure and say, this guy got ripped off.
0: I think there was a lot more variables that were uncontrolled in the tour. The way that it was, they're trying to control more variables and get everything to this kind of pointy spear with the best surfers in that event, surfing the best heat.
1: You know what they should have done? Another idea for them, just chaff, chaff in the wind. But, uh, they should have waited days after the fact. I love that people think that all this is real, like that these numbers are real and that that wave is worth that. And that score is worth that. Why not great days? Why not go back after the fact and say, Hey, this was a phenomenal day waves were perfect you know it was critical etc cetera, etc cetera. this day is going to be 0.2 more valuable than a day that is you know like after the fact after the whole day's right. run right we're gonna bump everybody's scores up so if you failed yeah you're done and it's way worse for you i don't know there'd be a way to juggle what? it to get a legit just to, to shake it out and or just watch people surf and claim it. I mean, everybody knew that Edolo and Gabriel had surfed the best that year, right? I mean, remember they made a big deal about going into the final day. Who was it going to be? Was it going to be Clohe? what was it? It was Clohe, Jordy, Philippe, uh, Gabe and Edolo. I think remember it was five. They had five guys in yeah, a mathematical yeah. shot. Maybe Julian was in there or something. Every stinking buddy knew that unless there was a shocker by Edolo or Gabe, those were the two best. And so why don't they just surf Elo and Gabe against each other? I mean, you could pick, you can honestly pick you want, you the could, two best.
0: You want to have the potential for an underdog to upset things is also exciting.
1: It is true.
0: Um, so the other detail is ending at it lowers. It's not a wave of consequence. And I think long Tom's point in that article was it's progressive and exciting, but it lacks kind of gravitas, sure. which I think is a legit concern
1: the build up but, to pipe was always fun knowing that oh you're you've crushed it on your little airwaves but yeah. how are you going to do when you actually have to throw yourself over the over the edge
0: we, we could argue that chopu is the final event of the season yeah and so there's gravitas there for sure the thi- oh gravitas and chope but at somebody chopes because it's such a scary wave of consequence
1: unless somebody's going to really fall off at chopes like if philippe is sitting four at chopes and has to go then that's that'll be fun to yeah. watch
0: yeah yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited, excited for
1: pro surfing to be back. Me too.
0: Uh, now, honestly, the fact that they green lit it is all fine and good. They have to make a decision. However, I'm still not convinced oh. that it all comes together. I mean, the even COVID- Hawaii itself, like, honestly, December down. 8th is the opening day for the Pipe Masters. That's three weeks away. I'm not confident that they can get everybody there and run the event in three weeks.
1: With a raging COVID around the world, I don't even know that. Right? I don't even know that Australia is flying out. It's all subject. They are. Yeah. It's
0: all subject to that and to change. Which,
1: yeah. But let's assume. Let's assume they do
0: it. They pull it off. Yeah. Exciting. I. Even if they say, like, let's say COVID's raging, they say we're we're going forward no matter what. What if people get COVID? Like, what if pro surfers go there, there's an outbreak on the North Shore because of this influx of people, I'm assuming how gonna, does the WSL manage that?
1: I'm going to assume what they're going to have to do is do NBA bubble style where they get Turtle Bay. Uh, it's got it. This can be the only thing I would imagine because you can't put them in private home or I mean, I guess either that you just. Imagine there's no, I don't
0: think they're going to do the pubble thing though.
1: There's no tourism left on the North shore. So there's a lot of houses. I imagine they're going to have to, and the North shore doesn't want a bunch of pro surfers from all over the world running around. Right? Like I would imagine there is something in place where is there, I'm going to think they're going to have to be semi quarantined that surfers won't just be, you know, they can surf and then have to be in, in kind of either with their, you know, quarantine yeah. pod or they're not going to be able to just, I can't imagine there's a bunch open either on the North shore that there's much to do, right? I'm sure you go home, you're either in a house with your kind of quarantine pod or, or you're at the turtle bay. I would think,
0: I mean, it's, it's a risky, but that leaves the WSL open to a lot of liability.
1: But that's why I think though, that they, they are hedging against that or hedging that liability by It's going to have to
0: be some forest bubble thing. Yeah. Fun times. I would love to see what those plans are. Uh, interestingly, Jordy Smith is at home with a newborn. Fun. So I wonder. Is Jordy not going to jump on tour? I, I don't know. I wonder. You know, it's like the guy is honestly, um, if he doesn't make a, if he doesn't win a world title in the next, let's say, two or three years, he's One. past his window of opportunity. opportunity.
1: With Trestles as the final, this is the year is better than ever for him. I, I would argue. I mean, it, yeah. all the waves on tour this year, Jordy could do, I mean, he could do well at Steamer. Could do sunset. well
0: at Sunset. Could, he's well built for Sunset. Could do
1: even well at G-Land. I mean, he can he can barrel fairly decently.
0: Not, I mean, That's but, been his, his shortcoming over his career, but he's improved on it.
1: It's true, and but he, I don't think he'll get blown out at G-Land. Yeah. I don't think he'll be embarrassed.
0: Um. All right, well... Should we go to commercial break for those who are not subscribed to the podcast and those make just... them listen to commercials Commercials so that they're pressured into giving us five bucks a month? I hope it's an awful commercial for Me a too. M- miserable product. Me too. All right, Chaz, we're back.
1: Ah, the listeners who just got to flow right into that lucky them it's like i wonder if the listeners at home who get the commercial think that you and i get up for four minutes or however long the commercials laugh and last and do stuff or if they know behind the curtain we just keep rolling you say pause then you say and we we're back it.
0: we fake it yeah <laughs> if they watch the youtube video they know that we do not <laughs> get up from our chairs <laughs> do not even take a bathroom break nope if you can believe that serious uh Did you start watching The Undoing on HBO? I did, I did. I'm all caught
1: up, all caught up. It's good, like it. Good. Yeah, into it.
0: Um, You know what I hate is waiting a week to watch something. but it
1: makes it fun, kind of. I got one for you. Oof, I got one for you. I got one for you that I can't even remember when The Undoing is coming because I'm so into this one. But then do watch The Undoing. Uh, Sabura, Blood on Rome or Blood in Rome. Don't know it. Phenomenal. Everyone.
0: what, What service is it on?
1: Netflix. Easy, right there, right at your fingertips. Sabura. C or sorry. S U B U R R A or something. Yeah. It's Italian. Okay. In Italian. Okay. Uh underworld Rome. Okay. Got the gypsies. You I like got it. the a bunch of different families fighting. It's it's a well acted, beautifully shot, in Roma, gorgeous. Which and, I love. And it's four seasons too, so you can enjoy it. And then oh, have a bunch of seasons. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Ready, ready at your fingertips. Excellent. Phenomenal. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome.
0: All right. Uh, let's barrel or nah. Doomsday prepping. Sona. Really? Yeah. Yes. If it's really
1: come down to that, I'll just go steal your doomsday prepped stuff. Like I will push my, kick your door open. I'll find the person with the weakest door on the block who is doomsday prepped and just go steal their stuff.
0: Well, uh, you should start vetting or figuring out which of your neighbors are actually preppers yeah. so that you could plan your attack.
1: I know. Uh, that's a great point. I'm just going to start watching Costco bags yes. rolling in.
0: Because you would hate to be in the scenario where you're actually desperate for water or a can of beans and you don't know which house to go to. I
1: mean, I'll just start kicking doors down the block, though, till I find one. But yeah, it's a good point yeah. to, that, I, that I might as well do the hard yards in terms of, yeah, sussing it out now.
0: Yeah. Uh, well- there's been a run on toilet paper again? and paper towels again. Oh. The last couple of days, there's news stories about empty aisles at Target because oh my of the new COVID spike and threats of being locked down, or, or we've actually been set back to purple status or something yeah, where there's purple. no indoor dining anymore or something like that. Yeah, so uh, people are freaking out
1: again. Again, didn't you all? Fr- That's the crazy thing about people is they all freaked out and then they had a bunch of toilet paper that they slowly use throughout the summer. And then probably their stash from then just got done. They didn't need it. They know they didn't need it. They knew they didn't need it. And now they're freaking out again.
0: But you know, what's weird about that is I'm not a doomsday prepper in any, by any measure. But when I went to the store during that time and I saw every, well, when I saw everybody else hoarding, I was like, Oh shoot. Well, you have to let me buy three extra pastas because I might not be able oh. to get them next week. Yeah. So the fact that other people are doing it creates this false sense in me that I need
2: to do. it. But if
1: you and can, I, I become a sheep. If you can just breathe deep and if all the listeners can be in the store watching people buy all the pasta, breathe deep. Maybe there's enough listeners to stop the freak.
0: That's like, what we need to have happen. We need to have a collective
1: stopping of the, the freaks. Like all the stuff is there. The distribution is fine. You don't need to you can store it. Consider it yours at the grocery store or at Target. You don't need yes. to go you, like Let them the, store it for you. Let them store it for you. You don't need to store it in your house. Let them right. it'll be there. And if we all have that let Target be our distribution center. Then or let Walmart or wherever you go. Let your let your local board the, builder.
0: This is our PSA for listeners right now. We need to quell the hoarding. Don't for so, everybody. So you put pressure on the system yeah, by doing that. Don't hoard don't
1: hoard it's fine our
0: our It'll dis- all be okay
1: and our distribution held up to it last time it was fine people overbought everything and our
0: distribution
1: worked it out or maybe maybe there was
0: there was a lag time but we know that we can all exist like we have for decades now there's enough supply chain for food for toilet paper for us all to exist if we just buy what we need buy what you need don't buy more yeah you're pre- you're putting pressure on the system silly So stupid and silly. Uh, Matt actually stepped on barrel or not number two, and that is going around the table at Thanksgiving, saying what you're grateful for. I'm going to go
1: barrel. I'm going to go barrel. I'm going to say I would have not said this probably five years ago, but I do believe that our traditions, our wacky traditions as sometimes awkward and mm, ham fisted as they are, are good. Like we just got to keep rolling that tradition out every Mm -hmm. year. Why, why are we going around the table saying why we're thankful? This is uncomfortable. I don't like it. Nope. It's because our parents did it and their parents did it and your kids are going to do it. Just keep it going. Tradition. Do you guys do it? Uh, Off and on. Yeah. I I can't say that it's been every year, but I definitely there is. Yeah. more, More often than not. I will say
0: forced intimacy is awkward
1: for sure. But there should be a time in your life. And like Matt said, he doesn't, you know, he mumbles out that he's, excuse me, thankful for his family. And then, but, but of course he means it. He is. And so it's nice to say it and move on. You don't have to, you don't have to offer more detail at this thing. You can, nobody wants a long winded dinner person droning on and on about what they're thankful for. You can just say it and feel
0: it. I am thankful for my family. Next. I feel, um, two ways about it, conflicting ways about it. Number one is that forced intimacy is awkward. But number two is I think it's important to set intention and to actually like verbalize these things, whether it's for meditative practice or just for being grateful for things. There's so many little things that you can take for granted throughout the day. I love a good cup of coffee. Oh, yeah. And in the morning, that ritual is just meaningful to me like it is it informs my life and sets so much for my day but i don't know that i actually acknowledge that every day you should
1: sit your cup of coffee down tomorrow and look at it yeah like look at it in the eyes and say coffee
0: yeah i'm thankful for you exactly yeah and if i go a day without it like or if i'm in some i've been stuck in weird places in america that like don't have good coffee it's freaking a nightmare
1: Love me some bad coffee. Do you? I
0: love it. Oh, it I don't drink it my home, day.
1: But if I'm on the road and I can get a 7-Eleven drip, Ugh. boom. Thank yeah. you very much.
0: I will say, co- the quality of coffee has been elevated across the board. So 7-Eleven's coffee today is way better than it was in our youth.
1: I wish it was as bad as it was in our youth. I wish <laughs> it was like a lousy church coffee.
0: And remember out of like those styrofoam cups,
1: white styrofoam tasted disgusting Mm, out of that. The cup will make everything taste worse. So deliciously gross.
0: So I do think it's important just to be, to like uh, take a moment to actually recognize gratitude. So I think that value at Thanksgiving is also barrel. Yep. I'm saying But the forced intimacy of it.
1: Always awkward. It's always going to be awkward. There's any tradition is going to be awkward. Because yeah. it's you're layering something on to something you wouldn't normally do. Yeah. And anytime you do that, and so it's good for us to stomach the awkwardness, talking to you, Matt Warshaw, say something meaningful and and be grateful.
0: Uh, how do you feel about looking into the eyes Hate that. of well, your parents and being like, hey, I'm so thank you, Dad. Thank you, Mom. Will
1: not do that. I will look anywhere but <laughs> but their eyes. Yeah.
0: What about your own children? Can you do that? Uh,
1: yeah, but I would never force, I mean, sometimes I do in terms of, Hey, I need you to be paying attention. Focus here in the eyes. Um, but yeah, not Uh, as an adult.
0: All right. So barrel barrel. Okay. This relates to John Schmuka and kind of generally this whole theme of the show barrel or not talk therapy,
1: like going to a therapist and talking. Uh, I was just—I mean, I—I I gotta say, barrel, right? I think it's—I don't know, though. I sometimes wonder if you're just jibber jabbering if you make your problems worse.
0: I do too. Like, if, I wonder that too.
1: If you're saying so the way you're feeling, and then you're building and saying more and more and more, and then all of a sudden you're saying things the way they sound good to you or the way you think
0: you're supposed to say them, and now all of a sudden you created a big old problem. So, it in regard to barrel or not, it seems like an obvious yes talk therapy is good it's barrel but i agree with you i've started to have second and tertiary thoughts about i think it's so my final answer is kind of i think it's good situationally yeah for a limited period of time going to therapy for two years, years and indefinitely and years. Yeah. is not good
1: i mean i don't see how you just don't get so kind of wrapped up in your own exactly. head right or, and then how, if you trace it back, how much of what you're saying is actually true back to the, my feelings about a kook of the day post dictate what that post actually is. Like, no, what if my feelings about something are only feelings and I just need to let them pass. Exactly. I don't need to deal out, dwell on them. I just need to let them blow away.
0: Well, the other, the other thing is like, there's, um, an inverse correlation with like people who are in their head and intellectual and happiness. Yeah. Like the people who are actually very intellectual, there isn't, I, I often see like a not a lot of happiness because they're now aware of the war in Sudan or they're aware of climate change affecting our, like you can't escape all of the things that you should be worked up about.
1: And or even just people who, I mean, how many creatives like... I was just reading yesterday about old Ernest Hemingway blowing his head off with a shotgun. Of course, everybody knows that, but Ernest Hemingway toward the end was like, thought he was running out of money. Maybe he was, you know, again, the world's or America's probably greatest author or arguably greatest author of American history, uh, in American history, uh, blew his head off with a shotgun and was more miserable than not at the end. was going and getting electroshock therapy in Chicago or something. And like where, Happiness is wonderful, but I don't know that everybody is happy all the time and or should be and or can be.
0: Well, it, it there is this inverse relationship between intellect and happiness, I think, because if you take the opposite, somebody with super low IQ, I think of those people as being kind of oblivious of all of the problems and just kind of happy. That's me. i'm just happily going along you know forrest gump just like yeah whatever like easily easy to ignore all the problems and so how all this relates to therapy is i think like with medication maybe use it to treat something sure but don't be on it all the time chronic back pain for the rest of your life you know use it to treat something and certainly again back as it relates to like depression or whatever Talk therapy has a purpose and serves a purpose and you diagnose the problem, use it to treat the problem and then move on, move on. But if you just live in your head all the time, that might be a worse.
1: So talk therapy, we we have a new category of barrel. We have a a surf ranch barrel. I'm going to say talk therapy is a wave technology barrel. It is something that you go enjoy or go do, but you don't live, you don't stay there. You don't
0: only do that. And the therapist's role should be to move you on, to get you out of therapy. Yeah. Completely. Right? Yeah. To get you healthy and get you out of therapy. And if it can't get you
1: healthy, get you to accept, you know, Hey, you're just a depressive person. You're, you're going to be bummed about stuff. So you got to deal with just being, but just be bummed. It's okay to be bummed.
0: I, It is okay to be bummed again, situationally. And if it is clinical depression, here's a course of action. Make sure that you get out of the house every day and get out in the sunlight. Make sure you get exercise. Make sure you have a diet that stimulates. It supports that activity. Make sure that you have friends that you're checking in with who are aware of what you're dealing with that check in on you and hold you accountable for doing those things.
1: I'm so glad you and I are both licensed therapists uh, with years and years of training and robust practices that we can just share.
0: I play one on the internet.
1: I just love that we can share this, but if you are having problems, definitely call. I mean, there's so many great resources to write love on our arms. is a phenomenal place to go. I mean, if you're really dark.
0: I think, honestly, uh, that depression and just mental illness in general is affecting more people. For sure. There's, now it's like than ever before. panic. There's
1: people are alone. The, the way that social isolated, media
0: is going to play wacky. out. Yeah, I think... So I think that it's a increasingly important conversation to kind of bring into the light and to have, and it's uh, we get a shock to our system every once in a while when somebody in our community goes down due to it, which we've seen a couple of times in this last year. Is it it
1: confirmed that was Schmooze? I mean, that was heavily hinted, but
0: Uh, I think it's all but confirmed. Okay, yeah. So tragic situation, but there's people bring it out of the light and let's discuss it openly, and it's not unusual to feel level you know uh everybody
1: right now yeah. everybody's feeling yeah the pressure the squeeze right don't buy toilet paper
0: well Chaz, lots to be grateful for so, as we go into thanksgiving so thankful next week we are not going to record because of the holiday thanksgiving so we'll be back in two weeks see you all then all right. Until next week, cha- oh, let's remind everybody, subscribe. So not only can you support our work, but you can win an album surfboard. It's worth it for that alone. Honestly, shout out to Album for donating that and supporting our efforts.
1: So wonderful.
0: Yeah. Fuck right you, guys. Knows.